Welcome to the LVR Podcast, a podcast designed for Australian mortgage brokers made by brokers. We're here to help answer your questions with solid industry answers. Learning, validation, and respect. Now, here's your hosts, Ruan Berger and Marissa Schultz. Welcome, everyone. And today, again, another really good one for me is full-time broker versus self-employed broker. There's so many people that seem to be stuck in respect of, do I go full-time? Do I go self-employed? Do I do this myself? Do I go somewhere where I have more support? Marissa, your business already, if I'm not mistaken, you very much on the full-time proposition, is that Uh, correct? We've actually got both, Ruan. We've got self-employed contractors and we've also got employee PAYG brokers. So I think that both are really good and I think that they suit different types of people. So from my perspective, I see that, you know, people that want to look at the self-employed model, the contractor model, they are people that really value complete flexibility. Uh, You know, they they want to design their own hours. They want to be able to work from wherever they want to work from. They want to, you know, they want more control over how their business evolves and develops. And they're also, they also have a higher risk appetite in the sense that they're not as concerned in terms of how much they make, or they're pretty comfortable financially that they can support themselves. So they don't have that concern about the money as much. Do you think sometimes that that pushes them the other way too? Like with self-employed, where it is that fact that they go, I know I can make good money, so this is why I want to go for this vehicle. I want to, you know, I don't want any restraints. In their mind, it is like if I'm self-employed, I can make more money. Look, potentially that's the case because, you know, with self-employed generally – you uh, would probably get a higher level of the commission, but you also have all of your own costs. So you're taking on a lot more of the risk. Uh, whereas with an employee broker model, your employer is taking the risk. So yeah. uh, it's fair to say that the commission splits are a little bit different. But even with most employee models, like I know that with ours, uh, our employee brokers get a profit share model. So their remuneration is unlimited effectively as well. But there are differences. And I think that the employee model is more suited to someone who, you know, isn't as confident or isn't wanting to really go out and get their own leads as much, is more happy to just accept company leads and also wanting more stability with their job. So they're wanting more stable hours. They're wanting a stable base income. You know, they really enjoy that office environment with that stability, Uh, whereas a self-employed contractor is sort of wanting more flexibility and control over what they do and you know, not wanting to be in an office from nine till five, for example. So I think yeah. I think that both models are great. And from my perspective, I think both models have unlimited earning potential depending on yeah. who you're working with. But definitely for us, that's the case. It really just depends what model is going to suit the individual better. Yeah. You, you said earlier just nine till five, but I mean, the reality of it is it all comes down to is the sky the limit for you? Is the world your oyster? Because yeah. we all know the more you want to earn, the more you've got to put in. There's no pixie dust in respect of you can work to nine to five and the sky remains the limit. You've got to put more in. And I think that for me is the reality. So whether you're full-time or whether you're self-employed, it's all relative. Yeah, look, um, I think The more hours you do, the more you earn. Yeah, I think this is definitely an industry where the more you put in, the more you get out. Yeah. With all of our brokers, whether they're self-employed contractors or whether they're employees, they do have unlimited earning potential based on their results and based yeah. on, on the value that they bring to the business effectively. So they do have the ability to 
create efficiencies for themselves and, and make sure that they're achieving their own goals and their own targets and that effectively dictates what remuneration they get. So I think that definitely the, the sky's the limit um, and it really is based on what you are able to put in and what you want to put yeah. in. But I also think that you can have a really successful career without working ridiculous hours. Yeah. You know, I'm a firm believer that family is really important and work-life yeah. balance is really important. And yes, you do have to do the after-hours appointments and you do have to, you know, it's not really a nine-to-five job, let's be honest. There That's are a, there are I days the and times when you have to be willing to meet a client after hours and uh, and that's just part of it. That's that's yeah. part of it. But I, I also believe that those, you know, you can make it fit within your family life and ensure that it's reasonable hours yeah. as well. And I think that's what I just want to hone in a little bit because we spoke earlier now and we said about uh, full-time, the nine-to-five. I think it's fair to say that that's morphing a little bit to say, like even within the full-time model, you can be the judge and juror in respect of your hour placements. I met a broker that doesn't work from 4.30 to 6.30 because for the last five years, this has been time with his family, mm. but he does the 7 p.m. appointment. Yeah. So he'll always offer the 7 p.m. appointment because, again, the kids is to bed and the age of the kids is, is what influence him in respect of that appointment. And I thought it just comes to show that the reality of it is this is the best part about this industry, about this profession, is that we've got an opportunity to engage as we see fit. Like um, half the time, if you're good at what you do, the chances are the clients will fall in with your hours as much as you need to fall in with theirs. Do yeah, you I see the same at your I completely end? agree. And I think that, you know, it's really important for every individual to have the flexibility they need to have the family life that they want to have and be able to perform in their role the way they want to perform in their role as well. And I believe that people are more accepting of that now. So even when I yeah. say nine to five, definitely we offer our employee brokers a huge amount of flexibility to manage their family life and their outside of work commitments as well. But yeah, I mean, it, it is also a matter of maximising your efficiency when you are working, I think, because lots of people work long hours, but don't necessarily maximise the output that they're producing every one of those hours and really making the most of their efforts. So I think there's a balance between that. But just in relation to client appointments, I think when I first started out, and when brokers first start out, they do have this idea in their mind that they just have to jump and comply with any time of the day or any place that the client wants to meet. But yeah. as as I actually evolved in my broking career and realised that actually no clients will come to me and they'll come to me during business hours if I value my time and if I tell them that's when I'm available. Yeah. And it actually takes a really difficult shift to actually believe that you do have enough value to say to a client, yes, let's meet next week. My availability is, you know, between two and four on Wednesday yeah. or, you know, to actually be able to start dictating what time you meet with clients and where you're going to meet with them. And the surprising thing is that most clients are completely happy with that. Yeah. I think for me, you know, thinking back of my career, I think there's a part to be said about when you start out because you and your mind subconsciously, you know, you've got all the hours, you've got them to give mm. because you just don't have the businesses yet. And I think that, that that transition almost happens because you've started having less time. 
And as you have less time, you start feeling like, well, I have no choice but to say to you, these are the hours. Yes. So I don't think we change it half the time as much because we realize we're good brokers or we know what we're doing. We're adding value. I think we sometimes change it just purely because the nature of the beast too is we just don't have all that time to give anymore. Yes. Um, we, we had it at the start. And at the start, it's almost like you don't want to lose the opportunity because they are mm. few and far between and they're harder to come by than they get in future. As we work more with clients, I mean, the opportunities becomes more. Yes. So I, well, one of the points I just want to make here today that for me was very important in respect to full-time versus uh, self-employed, I think you need to appreciate and understand who you are too and what you're trying to get. And I mean, there's, with self-employed, it goes beyond just like driving all the cost per se and, you know, mm. the reward that you get for it. You also need to really start thinking like a business owner. Because mm. there's the financial part to it, uh, the bookkeeping, all those different things that um, you need to understand how these things work. And when you're in a position where you're busy enough trying to just figure out the best ways to deal with clients, the best ways to deal with referrals, those things are all add-ons. Yeah. And so you've got to make a decision very early in the piece, what vehicle allows you to become the best possible broker you can become, the best human being you can become. Yes. And that proposition is the one that you should give the time it deserve. In our business, we had self-employed plus full-time. Self-employed for me, they needed to be in a position that they can look after themselves. Mm. I almost broke it down to simplify it to that point. If you cannot look after yourself, then self-employed could be a very hard proposition and more to the point, not even just hard, lonely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you need to be clear with yourself. Where are you in your journey? Mm. And if you can't be clear with yourself, that's hard to find a clientele that's clear in respect of your offering. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that especially if you're trying to do it on your own, I especially you know in the current environment with all the compliance and with all the complexity that we have across a growing panel of lenders and the best interest duty, I I don't know how people do it on their own uh, in the self-employed environment. I think that if you are going to be self-employed and uh, you want to sort of do it as, a, as your own contract and your own business, I still think that you should find a group that you can join where you can still feel quite supported. You're yeah. right, Rowan, in the sense that if you are self-employed and independent contractor, even if you join a group, you are going to get a different level of support than, you know, the employee broker because you're probably not going to be in the office as much and the model's different. Yeah. Uh, so you just need to be prepared for that. But I think that both models can work well. And I think when you're first starting the industry, both models are an option as long as you find the right group that's going to support you through those early years especially and going to support you on your learning journey uh, but not only through those early years but also as your business evolves and grows yeah one of the questions that gets thrown at me a lot from different brokers is you know at the end of the day i, I really want to build my own identity i want to build my own brand and i, I think it's sometimes i'm going to call it for what it is it's a little bit short-sighted because mm. you can do that in any model in reality, because at the end of the day, people deal with people. So the way you deliver, the way, you know, the standard that you set is the standard you walk past. Yeah. So doesn't matter what vehicle you follow. It's at the end of the day as a person, how do you relate to people? How does people gravitate to you? Are you likable? You know, at the end of the day, can you deliver in respect yeah. of what you put out there? I think there's also, uh, uh, you know, you talk about referral sources. There's many times the opportunity that you get with a referral source is purely because someone else usually said, oh, but we can do this and we can do that. And I think in those moments, 
you need to make a decision. If you don't have all that qualities, if you don't yet have all those teachings, is it better to surround yourself with a group of people that can Mm. help you get there faster versus trying to walk into every wall just so that you can learn a lesson? Yeah, I think there's definitely value in being part of a trusted and respected brand because when you are sort of on your own, it's it's great to have that ambition of building your own brand. Yeah. But if you're just trying to build something quite small, uh, it's very, very hard to get the respect of the BDMs. It's very hard to build that brand in the community. It's very hard to build that client base. It's very hard to get supported by the people that you need and the organisations that you need to actually build your business. Yeah. And like you said before, Rowan, there's so many extra things you've got to do as a business owner that you may not be prepared for. You know, yeah. actually writing loans will just be a small part of what it means to run your business. Whereas if you can join a group that can take a lot of those things away from you where you're going to get proper mentoring, um, yeah. you know, like I know, for for example, with our group, our new brokers get exceptional service from BDMs because of the reputation of Rise High yeah. and because they have the relationship with Rise High. If they were actually on their own, uh, even some of my more experienced brokers, if they were on their own, there's no way that the BDMs would spend and yeah. invest the amount of time and effort with them that they receive currently because it's just BDMs just don't have capacity to work yeah. with individuals. They want to work with the larger groups where they can leverage their time and, and help more people in less time. So I think that there are definitely advantages of being part of a group and I agree that really your brand is your name. You yeah. know, regardless of what model you're in, it's actually you as a person that is the brand. So you just need to make sure that you're putting the best you out there regardless of which model you choose to operate under. You said it yourself earlier um, in the sense of who you surround you with at the end of the day is giving you sometimes the opportunity to because that's your opportunity to learn and to grow. Mm. And we talk about identity here. For me, if we go square number one, you know, I think the focus sometimes is too much about what can I make? What opportunities is there? What type of money can I make? When the real value here and the real benefit here is how many people can I help? Yeah, And exactly. you help people, the money tends to look after itself. And you made this point earlier to say, whether you're full-time or whether you're self-employed, the sky's the limit. Mm. But I think we focus sometimes on the wrong thing. And if you bring it back to square number one, it comes down to if I can talk to more people, if I can have more conversations, more opportunities for loan applications, the rest tend to look after itself regardless Absolutely. of the model. Now the real question is, What model is going to give you that opportunity to talk to more people, to help more people? That should be the focus point for me, regardless of the model proposition, the purpose proposition. That's the focus for me in respect of saying where this thing can end up for you. I couldn't agree more. I think that brokers that are entering or people that are entering this industry for the money and really focused on the money, I don't believe they tend to be successful because clients can see right through that. At the end of the day, you need to be in this industry because you want to help people, you want to help as many people as possible and you want to make a genuine positive difference in their lives. Like you said, Ruan, you need to choose the model that's going to support you to do that and give you that personal satisfaction and reward. The money will just come. Agreed. So with that being said, guys, we're wrapping up and it will leave you just with a few takeaways. And the first one is look after the people and the money will look after itself. Mm -hmm. The second one for me is at the end of the day, find the proposition that allows you a client or engagement flow that help you or give you the ability to grow, to learn and to become that better broker of tomorrow. And last but not least... 
at the end of the day, make sure whatever way you go, you're enjoying it. You're enjoying the challenge. You're enjoying the people around you. Um, and at the end of the day, if you don't like to be lonely, you know this thing is figuring itself out for you. Go and choose a team to work with. If you yeah. do like to do it on your own basis, great. But make sure you still enjoy it because if you lose that enjoyment, you're not the best version of you in respect of that client engagement. And we're all in this to make the client's lives better. Marissa, Absolutely. Last, lasting words from you? I think that you've nailed it, Ruan. I think that at the end of the day, you've got to be able to enjoy it. It has to be sustainable. And really, the sustainability comes from the ongoing enjoyment. And I think if you can surround yourself with a good team of people that you enjoy catching up with every day, then that's really what's going to make it sustainable for you. Beautiful. If you've enjoyed the sharing today and guys, sharing is caring. If you've enjoyed this part of sharing from myself and Marissa today, please do share it with your friends, with your colleagues, with your peers. The more people that get these messages in respect of how we can help each other, you know, in an industry of people, let's support each other. Really look forward to see you at the next roundabout when we have our next LVR. Look forward to it. Till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the LVR podcast. We hope you gained massive value from today's episode. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Success and Broker and The Broker Journal, driving broker routines and behaviors for better client outcomes. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. That way, it'll help others who would value this content too. We'll join you in the next episode.